Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. We come now to the last chapter in the series of chapters known collectively as Isaiah's Apocalypse. This um, uh, this chapter conveys more of God's judgment and more reconciliation for the people of Israel. It also alludes once again to the redemption of Egypt and Assyria, as we read earlier in Isaiah, read about earlier in Isaiah 19. So let's read now Isaiah chapter 27. In that day, the Lord will punish with his sword, his fierce, great, and powerful sword, Leviathan, the gliding serpent, Leviathan, the coiling serpent. He will slay the monster of the sea. And that day, sing about a fruitful vineyard. I, the Lord, watch over it. I water it continually. I guard it day and night so that no one may harm it. I am not angry. If only there were briars and thorns confronting me, I would march against them in battle. I would set them all on fire. Or else, let them come to me for refuge. Let them make peace with me. Yes, let them make peace with me. In the days to come, Jacob will take root, Israel will bud and blossom, and fill all the world with fruit. Has the Lord struck her as he struck down those who struck her? Has she been killed as those were killed who killed her? By warfare and exile you contend with her. With his fierce blast he drives her out, as on a day the east wind blows. By this, then, will Jacob's guilt be atoned for, and this will be the full fruit of the removal of his sin. When he makes all the altar stones to be like limestones crushed to pieces, no Asherah poles or incense altars will be left standing. The fortified city stands desolate, an abandoned settlement, forsaken like the wilderness. There the calves graze, There they lie down. They strip its branches bare. When its twigs are dry, they are broken off, and women come and make fires with them. For this is a people without understanding, so their maker has no compassion on them, and their creator shows them no favor. In that day the Lord will thresh from the flowing Euphrates to the wadi of Egypt, and you, Israel, will be gathered up one by one, And in that day, a great trumpet will sound. Those who were perishing in Assyria and those who were exiled in Egypt will come and worship the Lord on the holy mountain in Jerusalem. This chapter opens with references to Leviathan. Now, we've run across this term before. Leviathan is actually a Hebrew word. And so this is a transliteration of a Hebrew word. You see it in English, but it's really the phonetic spelling in English of of the Hebrew word. And so this creature appears in several Psalms and appears in the book of Job. In the case of the Psalms and in the case of Job, it may be alluding to a crocodile or some other type of actual creature. Here, it's difficult to reconcile the wording with something in the natural. It seems to be God's judgment 
on Leviathan that represents Satan or the great dragon. So listen to verse 1. In that day, the Lord will punish with his sword, his fierce and great and powerful sword, Leviathan, the gliding serpent, Leviathan, the coiling serpent. He will slay the monster of the sea. And so could this be um, a reference to some as yet unknown sea serpent or um, sea monster? You know, perhaps I doubt it. I personally believe this is a reference to not only the devil himself, but all of the enemies of God's people collectively uh, represented by the serpent in this instance. I think God is going to punish them. It could be a reference in context in Isaiah's day to Assyria. God's going to punish Assyria. God's going to punish Babylon. God's going to punish Rome. God's going to punish all the nations and all of the individuals who have opposed his people. First, um, the Jews, and later his people, the church, the Christians as well. But this Leviathan, in my opinion, in verse 1, represents uh, the collective opposition to the people of God and the plans of God. So in verse 2, it picks up and it says, In that day, sing about a fruitful vineyard. This uh, fruitful vineyard, I believe, is referencing Israel. So this is the song, I the Lord watch over it. I water it continually. I guard it day and night so that no one may harm it. I am not angry. If only there were briars and thorns confronting me, I would march against them in battle. I would set them all on fire. Or else let them come to me for refuge. Let them make peace with me. Yes, let them make peace with me. And then a verse is inserted, friends, that has uh, remarkable prophetic implications for the day in which we live. This is the verse. In the days to come, Jacob will take root. Israel will bud and blossom and fill the whole world with fruit. Now, I want to tell you that you may or may not be aware of this, but uh, the Israelis have indeed uh, made the deserts bloom. They have um, taken hydrophonic technology, the technology of growth with uh, the use of water and um, adding water in the the process of the growing and the agriculture, they've taken this to a new level. And so the Israelis export more fruit, more vegetables, more flowers uh, than any other country in the East, in the Middle East, and they export to all of Europe. They are the primary exporter of flowers and fruit to Europe. So again, this prophetic word is prophesying that a day will come when Israel will blossom and bud and will fill the world with fruit. Friends, that is happening in our lifetime. And so this remarkable prophetic promise uh, may foreshadow other aspects of Isaiah's apocalypse. This is um, a sign, perhaps, of the coming of the other things. But it goes on in verse 7 and following, talking about uh, the Lord striking Israel down and striking down those who opposed Israel. It says Jacob's guilt will be atoned for, and this will be the full fruit of the removal of his sin. So this is going to happen. Israel will be reconciled to her God. And then finally, in verse 12 and 13, there's a reference to Egypt and Assyria. Assyria is Iran. A modern area of Iran is Assyria, mostly. Egypt and Assyria shall worship the God of the Bible. It says, in that day, 
the Lord will thresh from the flowing Euphrates to the wadi of Egypt, and you, Israel, will be gathered up one by one, and in that day a great trumpet will sound. Those who were perishing in Assyria and those who were exiled in Egypt will come and worship the Lord on the holy mountain in Jerusalem. Now, friends, if this was a standalone statement, perhaps it could have meant something differently, but the redemption of Egypt and Assyria is also clearly referenced and alluded to in Isaiah 19, verses 18 to 25. And so, apparently, the Lord has plans that have not yet been fulfilled in recorded history for Assyria, i.e. Persia, i.e. Iran, to come and be redeemed, as well as Egypt and the Egyptians. They'll worship the Lord. Not only will they worship the Lord, they're going to come and do it in Jerusalem. And so this is not talking about um, at the Dome of the Rock. This is talking about the Temple Mount. The redemption of Israel, the redemption of Egypt, the redemption of Assyria, all of these are glorious things. And so, Lord, we, uh, we acknowledge the remarkable prophecy that Israel would one day fill the world with um, fruit and blossoms. Lord, um, you have indeed make, made the desert to bloom. You've given uh, skills and technologies to the Israelis that have surpassed all of the agricultural skills of the world as far as growing things in desert environments. Lord, this is a remarkable promise that is um, coming to fulfillment in our day. They're filling the world with their fruit, filling the world with their flowers. May the rest of these promises take place in our generation. Lord, may you redeem your people. May you deal with finality against um, Leviathan, the gliding serpent, assuming that is um, the old devil, the enemy of God, the dragon, Lord uh, Lucifer, Satan, known by many names. May this be the season in which you punish him. May this be the season in which uh, you eradicate his influence from your people's lives forever. Lord, um, also, those who oppose you, may this be the season that they awaken and repent, or, Lord, they're cut off with finality. God, hasten the day. We pray these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.